0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Greg Foss and Ali from Tahini's. If you're not familiar with these guys, Greg has 32 years of experience in the bond market. He has become, I want to say, like an international phenom in the Bitcoin Twitter community because he's done a great job of explaining how the bond market works, how interest rates work, why we should all be looking at credit default swaps. So he is back to give us his latest thoughts on the market. Always a pleasure sitting down with Greg, of course, and Ali from Tahini's. He's also kind of carved out this awesome niche for himself not only in the restaurant business, and they're expanding, he's gonna share his story of tahini's on this particular episode, but just on Twitter, what he's sharing around monetary policy and savings and and Bitcoin and these things. He really has a passion for the subject and I think does an eloquent job of explaining why each of us should evaluate Bitcoin for ourselves. So I thank both of these guys for their efforts. Oh, like absolutely thrilled to bring them in house. We have a great chat. We just kinda meander through a bunch of different topics And if you are listening to this, you're going to hear us talk about the Canadian real estate market as well. If you are someone in this area, the greater Toronto area, the golden horseshoe area, and you're thinking you want to get into the real estate market from an investment point of view, you can check out some of the stuff that we have around population stats that are affecting real estate in this area. Some of the different strategies that we use with investors, even in the year 2022, and why we're using these strategies, how we're looking at real estate in a world of this type of monetary policy, where it's low interest rates, essentially forever, where debt is piling up how we look at assets you can check out all of that stuff at our website which is rockstarinnercircle.com so that's rockstarinnercircle.com there's videos reports free copies of free digital copies of our books it's all available for you there if you want to come to our introductory training classes you can sign up for the next class there as well and all of that is available at rockstarinnercircle.com Dot com As well, we've had a few requests lately for our weekly newsletter. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter on that website as well. So that's at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the
1: show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza, Are you ready? Let's go.
0: Okay, we are live with Greg Foss and Ali from Tahini's that uh, some of my friends call the Tahini's guy. Oh my gosh, and we're wearing the hats. I just looked over at Foss staring at me here with your hat on. Kind of freaked me out there for a second. Uh, we're wearing the Tahini's hats because today's podcast isn't about the bond market, Greg. Sorry to disappoint you, okay? Totally not good with that. We're not fucking talking about bond. We're talking about how we're going to make, make shawarma's. So if you can just lay it out for us, Ali. Um, well, mention rat- though. Oh, sorry, Ali, but mention that Michael Saylor
2: put a Tahini's hat on his profile pic, right? Because uh, Bukele put a McDonald's hat on. And That's I'm not right, sure yeah. who put one first. Right.
1: Yeah. And
2: yeah. I, I got to get I got to go work at McDonald's so I can get more sats. And <laughs> and then uh, Sailor
1: puts on his uh, tahini sat. How,
0: how when you see these guys putting on your what are you look, What is going through your mind?
1: So when, when that movement started uh, snowballing, I was honestly like um, like really proud of the community and just so happy. And like I almost teared up when when seeing all the support. And uh, it started off as a joke, like I was just seeing people putting McDonald's uh, hat and I was thinking to myself, you know, these people like, should, should, put, should work for Tahini's and put Tahini's hats on, you know, as, as the joke. And I started uh, putting hats on a bunch of people, like random people, just as, you know, just as a joke. And then it just started snowballing and Michael Saylor put it on, somebody sent it to him. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and then it just blew up from there.
0: So if anyone listening to this doesn't know kind of the inside joke on this, I, I guess basically when the Bitcoin price goes down, if you're a Bitcoiner and the price goes up, you're happy. Price is going up. If the price goes down, it's the weirdest thing you're also happy yeah, yeah. a friend of mine we were having a few drinks at my house we started there was a third guy with us who really wasn't into bitcoin as much as we are and the price was it was right over the holidays when i think it went from 60 then it came down and then over while we were there drinking it came down to 47 from like 53 and he's like holy shit it's down to 47 and i ran to my computer to try to go buy <laughs> buy more <laughs> and 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 we were laughing like if you don't get it it The guy across from us was saying, I don't get it. Why are you guys happy that the price is down? And we're like, no, we don't understand you. You don't understand Bitcoin. It's always a good price to buy Bitcoin. So we were just kind of going back and forth on that. And lately the price has come down a bit. And the hat joke is, Ali, why don't you explain it? How did it start with McDonald? What is it for people who don't understand?
1: Yeah, so the joke basically is uh, because the price is down, um, we all have to go work at fast food restaurants and uh, put McDonald's hats, pick up some shifts in order to buy more Bitcoin. And um, yeah, so I was I was hoping uh, that you know that people would come work at Tahini's to buy some more Bitcoin, <laughs> and uh, that was kind of the 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 joke behind it. And uh, but yeah, you know, like Bitcoiners get happy because uh, like what Greg says all the time, it's insurance. You know, when your insurance gets cheaper, you should buy more of it. Uh, and this is uh, this is what's underneath the joke uh, is the truth that bring down the price. We're just going to buy it all. I think
0: so. And, and then Greg. Yeah, Ali, thank, thanks for that. And then uh, Greg, what? I guess in the last few weeks, it's kind of been interesting. I mean, you had a great podcast, I think, on what Bitcoin did with yourself. And help me out with the name. It Was it Lawrence Leopard? Oh,
2: sorry. Uh, Larry Leopard. Larry uh, L- Leopard. Leopard. Is Leopard. Is, 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 uh, the, yeah. He's the
0: gold fund manager. So if anyone wants to understand the bond market and how bonds are priced, that, uh, including the report, the you know your document that you've put out. Okay. Um, but that first 20 minutes of that episode is an amazing breakdown. I've listened to a lot of you, Greg, and I feel like the first 20 minutes of that episode, you did... The best job I'd ever heard of explaining how prices move in the bond market when uh-huh. interest rates move. So if anyone's listening to this and you need that information, I highly recommend tracking down that episode on what Bitcoin did okay. and listening to uh, Greg go through and that. That's, def- that's Peter
2: McCormick. Peter McCormick. And a good friend of mine. Um, I, I love what he's doing. And I just saw, here's a shout out to Peter. I know he doesn't have, uh, he has a, a few Bitcoin maxis that don't uh, endorse him. But here's the shout out. He bought a a soccer team, right, in the U.S.? Uh, Sorry, in London. And it's like in the ninth division, right? He's nine divisions below the Premier League, okay? And he has already raised more money with the Bitcoin marketing logo than everyone else in his league combined, as well as three leagues above him. So, in other words, the the marketing is selling promotional uh, items, is uh, is uh, allowed him to uh, to create a payroll that's going to attract better people or better players, and uh, you know, and and I think he replaced the the logo, which is called Bedford, with the B. I think the the Bitcoin symbol is the is the the B. Uh, you know, is for the B. So Peter McCormick has uh, brought both Larry Lippard and myself on. And the reason I love Larry is he's a gold manager, uh, Boston-based. I think he might have worked at Fidelity at one point in his career. But he's now a, uh, a money manager who, embra- who was a gold bug that embraced Bitcoin because he saw that Bitcoin at- had attributes of hard money, which was better than gold. And he's moved his clients' portfolios to a degree of Bitcoin exposure. And as a risk manager, that's what I, what I
0: applaud, right? What, what have you seen, before we get back to Ali, and so I want to get some of his story, what have you seen in, we're late January right mm-hmm. now, just to give everyone who does follow this stuff, what are you seeing in the bond market lately? What are you seeing in the CDS market that sure. you'd like to share, just as an overview now that we're late January?
2: Sure. Uh, Jerome Powell is a buffoon. That's what I'm seeing. He understands very little about how financial markets work. He doesn't understand that volatility is the most important component of pricing any risk asset, and the VIX, which measures um, uh, equity vol, is now at a level where I believe new issue markets are closed, okay? It means if you want to come with an IPO to, to the market, um, you're not going to get it done, uh, or the chance of success is remarkably less than if, uh, if markets are calm. That's starting to bleed over into the credit markets. So it's not the credit markets that are causing this, but as a volatility trader, you can hedge equity vol using credit, meaning if equity vol is exploding, go and short some credit because ultimately they'll come into line. So... The VIX is leading to weakness in credit spreads. Usually it's the other way around, but the reality is on a purely fundamental basis, credit spreads are pretty good shape because of the the value of the subordinate equity, meaning there's so much equity value underpinning credit because it's a subordinate claim, the credit guys feel comfortable, except when the hedge fund guys go out and say, I don't care. I'm shorting this thing because this equity vault down here, the lower claim, it doesn't make sense. that The higher claim is so stable. This is how markets work. It's a put, a toing and fro in markets. So you're
0: thinking the credit market's feeling okay because there's so much okay, equity. Okay, just wait. That, oh. oh, yeah,
2: that's a fundamental thing. You watch, though. Equity is gurgling now. Equity is starting to gurgle. Why? Because people are like, well, it's not supposed to be this calm. You know, this is how hedge funds work. They're like... Go pick on the guy that thinks he's escaped but, this little route.
0: But so for the average person who just isn't into Bitcoin yeah. and he just has some stuff, not just, but has he, a stock portfolio, what, what do they think when they hear that, that you think the equity market's going to come down?
2: Well, uh, I'm you just know, trying it's to an opinion, a step, a step. But, but here's what I would say. One guy asked me to explain options to him like he was five. Did you guys hear this one? My response? I, don't think I did. Okay. My response is no. I am not going to explain options to you like mm-hmm. you're five because five year olds should not be trading options. If you do not understand how equities work, I would suggest you don't invest in the equity market that much. You gotta learn. This isn't a free lunch. And even because the Fed has had your back for so long, understand that the Fed doesn't have your back right now. I think they'll turn around and have to have your back because they're gonna start a recession even before they've even raised rates for the first time. We're in big trouble. We have a lawyer who's never sat in a risk chair managing the most important central bank of the world, okay? And he does not understand how credit, equity, other risk assets are all intertwined. It's measured in volatility. And I bet you he has no clue what that means.
0: Well, if you had to guess in March... Do you think they're gonna put? Po- they're, they're gonna, yeah. What would be your guess? Are
2: they gonna be? Able I to think raise that the equity markets shit the bed before, before March. March, and they essentially take their foot off the brake, much like they did every single time the markets had a taper tantrum. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, like you can look at the drawdown of the market.
2: Already. <clears <clears bring that up. Today's the last day in January. And Ali, please make your point and then remind me to make this point because yeah, this is like crazy.
1: The, the the fragility of the system of, of just hinting at raising rates and, and uh, reducing the balance sheet has wreaked havoc on the stock market, on NASDAQ, on, on equities and, and bonds, and you're You know, that just goes to show how fragile the system is. So do I think they're going to continue course and do four rate hikes? No, the whole thing will break down. So eventually, um, this is the truth that, you know, we all know is going to happen. Everybody that I know in my community is thinking that the whole thing is going to burst into a deflationary bubble and we're all going to live in the streets. And I keep telling them, no, that's no no person in the right mind uh, in control uh, is going to make that decision. So, what's the other route? Is basically print, push the can down the road, print more, QE to infinity
2: and beyond. <laughs> what a beautiful answer. And that's the truth. But here's some, and, and I believe exactly the same thing. Okay. This is the first time in the history of a 60 40 portfolio, 60% equities, 40% bonds, that the NASDAQ and bonds have both been down more than 2% in the same month. Now, I need to tell you what the actual performance is. If the equity markets closed right now, I know they're having an up day, but they started with a down day this morning. We'll see where they close. Friday closes at the end of the month are very interesting. Yeah, so we're
0: recording this Friday, January 28th. Okay, here we go.
2: As of last night, the NASDAQ was down 13%. And the long bonds, which are supposed to be your dampening in your portfolio, were down 6% on the month. Never before in the history of a 60-40 portfolio have both been down more than 2% in the same month. Your 60-40 portfolio is no longer a risk parity trade. Both of them are at risk of losing value because interest rates are so low, there's no dampening there, and equities are priced so high that the path of least resistance is to take profits off the table. People who've never managed money, like Jerome Powell, have no idea what I'm talking about. People who invest their own money on this podcast and have no idea what I'm talking about, I suggest you go get a financial advisor that does have an idea what I'm talking about. And if you can't find that financial advisor that understands what I'm talking about, take your money out of the market, go learn how markets work. Because this is not a drill, people. This is about your pensions and it's also about the pensions of people who trust the pension manager to manage their future, right? Well, these pension
0: asset managers have no clue. They've never experienced a month like we just experienced right now. So you know how you will always say, I don't know the time frame for any significant changes in the markets, and we talk Bitcoin prices, and we can all extrapolate out, but none of us will say, well, we don't know exactly when a price will hit, and that's a good good way to look at things for sure. But when you see the markets behaving the way they are now, do you think, can, can we keep this all going for three to five more. Like, I feel like we're in this window where I'm like, I can't see 10 years. There's no choice.
2: And Ali just said the same thing. There is not a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you think the fed
0: is going to, I guess what I'm asking you is when does the when is the loss of confidence moment? When does that happen?
2: I don't know, but the next crisis will be more severe than the last Mm -hmm. crisis. It'll be more severe, sharper. Okay. Because each successive crisis gets people know where it's going. And, So the four four crises I've been managing money in in my career, Latin American debt, 1988. Yeah, 1988. I can't believe it's that long ago. Mm -hmm.
0: You are old, Long-term capital management, 1998.
2: (laughs) Both of those took years, years. Then the great financial crisis, 2008, also years. But that one was almost the end. That was driven by credit, driven by... Uh, you know, a Fed banker who said, oh, we believe in 2007. We believe that the uh, the uh, subprime mortgage crisis in the U.S. is largely contained. Don't listen to these fucking buffoons, okay? They say stuff that they hope is true. And by the way, what if in 2007, they had gone out and say, well, the subprime mortgage crisis, we're in big trouble, right? The market just would have crapped right then. But each successive crisis gets shorter and more severe. The sell-off in covid was more severe in a shorter duration than was the long t- than were each of the other crises. Now, the yeah. Fed stopped, stepped in with all uh, you know, global global liquidity uh, lines, everything. Um the next one, I don't want to mm-hmm. experience it, but is it going to happen? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's like a bus. The problem is I hope that the Fed, that people believe the Fed will actually be able to engineer their way out of it. But what if the Fed, if the people lose confidence in the Fed globally?
0: Mm -hmm. That's disaster.
2: Okay, it is disaster. That's why I call Bitcoin a put on the Fed put. Everybody thinks the Fed put is when the Fed comes in and rescues global markets. What if the next crisis, the Fed put doesn't work?
0: Okay, so for somebody not in the markets and doesn't have your level of understanding, what, what is it about Bitcoin that makes it- a Again, f- it's the
2: perfect option. Bitcoin is a put on the Fed put so or insurance in case the Fed put doesn't work. Because of the characteristics that make Bitcoin what it is. Correct. It's a short credit instrument, which means you are short credit. And when you're short credit, you are long volatility. And what do you want to be in a financial crisis? You want to be long volatility. Because in a financial crisis, volatility spikes. Well, when volatility spikes, you want to be long that. Every single other asset is short volatility. And I know that I'm potentially losing you a little bit here, but this is why I wrote that article for Bitcoin Magazine. Why? Bitcoin is the perfect option. The most perfect option ever designed. No counterparty risk. No time expiry, meaning no theta. It's a long volatility instrument, meaning you're long vega. And you actually have gamma, which is the second derivative of a delta hedge. And I know I'm losing you guys, but listen to me. Gamma squeezes happen when the world is short something and it's running in their face. If the world is short, insurance that the Fed put won't work they need to run and buy the insurance. What is that insurance? Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I don't even want to talk about the face-ripping mm-hmm. yeah. rally yeah. that could happen. And by the same token, by the way, I need to tell everyone who's listening, I am an optimist. I do not want this to happen. I'm not promoting the destruction of Canada or the no, US. You're trying to
0: prepare for the That's worst correct. case scenario. That's like correct. we all in real estate, we always talk about what is the worst case scenario, yeah. how do we prepare for it? So now we're talking about at a higher level the entire monetary system. what's the worst case scenario? Just Greg, just so that Ali and you guys both know what we're seeing in the I know your audience is broad, but in the Canadian mm-hmm. real estate market, here's what we're seeing. House prices in Oakville, Ontario, and if you don't know where that is, it's a suburb on the west side of Toronto are going up right now about $100,000 a month.
2: Get out. no,
0: I'm oh serious right. about $100,000 a month. Insane. Now, listen to this in Hamilton, Ontario, which is a little, if you don't know the area, that's a little further west of Toronto. Let's call it an hour uh, outside Toronto, a little less. Um, houses that we would buy in an area called the Hamilton mountain there were about $650,000 for a three bedroom with a driveway up the side, kind of a ranch style house built a world war two kind of ranch style bungalow thing. 650, beautiful homes, 650,000. But probably, probably a
2: knockdown to rebuild, to build a bigger house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Uh that's not
0: really happening in that area. But 650 of a year ago now about nine hundred fifty. Wow. So in about a year, from six hundred and fifty thousand to nine fifty. Also, by the way, wow. we were buying those homes you know in two thousand and seven yeah. for two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So they 000. haven't
2: gained any value. Wow. They have not gained any value. Uh, yeah. It's the price of your fiat currency has lost that much value. No yeah. one
0: will understand nobody will understand the importance of what mm-hmm. you just shared. Because the bricks and the lumber yeah. and the roof have not changed. Yeah. This is the way I try to explain it to everybody is that, listen, when you buy a million dollar house in the Toronto area, think of the house and think of the million dollars that you use to buy that house sitting on the front lawn. Okay. A pile of a million dollars. Okay. Now move forward five years. So let's say you bought that house for a million dollars five years ago and the money was sitting on the front lawn. Now it's five years later and the house is worth $2 million. Well, let me ask you something. What changed the house or the value of the pile of money on the front lawn? Mm-hmm. Cause the house is exactly the same. That's right. What changed in the scenario? The only thing that changed is the value of those pieces of paper on the front lawn.
2: Yeah. It's a good and way it's, to... And it's yeah. the
0: hardest thing to try to explain to people who really aren't in the market. But I want to explain one, one other thing to you. Up in Blue Mountain, north of Toronto, we're talking uh-huh. two hours. Nick and I cottage, bought a vacation co- home cottage up there. Country, yeah. We bought mm-hmm. it at the time. I think Nick thought I was ripping him off. At one point, Nick's more frugal. I don't want to say cheap because you're <laughs> supposed to say frugal. That's our agreement between each other. We're brothers. And he's more frugal. So... <laughs> We bought that vacation home for the families at uh, 1.29. We did some upgrades. Let's call it 1.4. We think right now, about a a year and a half later, it's worth, it's pre-construction. It's not even built yet. We think it could probably be resold on the day that it's done for about 2.1 to 2.2. Wow. 18 months. So the monetary policies that we're all discussing here are doing these things. And this is what bothers me that it's the destruction of the middle class. Never mind around the world, but right here in this country.
1: And, and you know what, Tom, let me let me ask you this. Like, is, is all of our incomes going up by that much? No, yeah, that's it, exactly. That, that, no.
0: And that's and I think our Bank of Canada governor, Tiff I, or McClellan or McCullen, I can't say his name, he was just doing a, a press conference yesterday, and he was talking about, I think, the price of oil or gas and how it hadn't gone up that much, and it was just 2.2. Even though, it, I, I don't know, I wasn't on the thing, but his bottom line was that it's up 2.2%, kind of like in the inflation rate. So the facts are that it hasn't really changed. But in our Bank of Canada, CPI number, we don't include housing. Yeah. The Bank of Correct. Canada will call housing an asset. So they say it's not a good and it's not a service. It's an asset. Nick, I just called you frugal, not cheap. I swear to God. Good I just God. called good you. Job. Yeah. Good to see you. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, so. right. um, <laughs> right. I like the hats. Hey, we are just yeah. talking about how I convinced you to buy the Blue Mountain House. Yeah, you put me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, still is. yeah, you put me on the rope The rope climbing thing with the kids And got me all stressed out Then gave me a few glasses of <laughs> wine And said we should buy a house And I'm like, yeah, at this point, whatever It can Nothing
1: can be worse than what I just went through the-, the last few hours
0: <laughs> Um so anyway, yeah, so anyway, our Bank of Canada governor is saying there's not really that much inflation, and, uh, you know, I consider a house a need and not an, a- Yeah. we can all argue if it's, it's an asset, uh, but it's ev- a need, shelter, needs- owner's equivalent rent, right? Every- I mean, everyone yeah. needs
1: housing, right? Yeah. Like, that's everyone's dream, and, you know, Tom, you asked a question uh, before about how long can, can this thing go, and uh, I grew up in Egypt, and I saw, like, my whole life, uh, the Egyptian pound just getting devalued um, year after year after year, and... And it went from like four dollars, uh, sorry, uh, four pounds to the dollar to like eighteen. Oh my God! To the dollar, and um, this thing can keep on going for a, for a long time before it, you know could, an event happened that will break the trust. And um, you know that's still a lot of loss in value. Like look at the Argentine peso; it was one peso to the dollar. Now it's like what two hundred. To the dollar, so this thing can keep running for decades. And the key, yeah. Uh,
2: sorry to interrupt, but yeah. you know, two things that I like to say. So uh, when I started uh, trading bonds in uh, in 1988, Argentina was defaulted. It was one of the reasons of the Latin American or LDC debt crisis. Okay, lesser developed country debt crisis. Since then, it's defaulted another three times. Okay, that's why a currency gets crushed like Argentina because people lose confidence in the currency because that's what a bond is. It's a fiat currency obligation. Funny, right? If the currency, if you lose confidence in the currency, then obviously you lose confidence in the contract that's based on that currency. That's called a bond, a fixed income contract. So you mentioned uh, Egypt. Here is what's going to happen is the USA is the last fiat that will fail. The problem is, other countries are failing on a regular basis. Turkey's on its way. Argentina, again. Uh, we've seen Venezuela, but Canada, okay? Let's not overlook the it's, possibility it, that Canada could be the first G7
0: nation. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you how it's starting to fail al- already. Right now, uh, we keep cash um, available, and I mean Canadian currency available for operating costs for the business and for our lives. Anything beyond a certain amount will go into something like Bitcoin, all right? Mm-hmm. And even the amount that we keep as cash... Now, because of stable coins, this has really been interesting where I feel like the Canadian dollars are already failing in my life. We got some stable coins and I put them on deposit um, because we thought, okay, the cash we need to operate the business, it's burning me that I'm holding it in Canadian dollars. Even though that's the minimum that we need to operate the business, it's still hurting my soul. So let's just throw it in a USDC account and get a little bit of interest. We're still going to lose like it's 9.25% interest yeah. that we're getting on and we're still behind the inflation rate. But at least then I have I've suddenly had enough confidence in stable coins that's allowing me to do that. And now all of a sudden in my life I'm holding US dollars as a uh-huh. Canadian in what I consider my liquid cash that component point. of my life. Yeah, you yeah. should. But so the, so for me in my life the Canadian dollar is already
2: failing. Okay, you already said this way. You here's the funny thing. You said let me tell you how this is happening in real life. You forgot to mention it's happening in real life because you just told me that houses in Oakville are going up by 100,000 each month. That's how it's happening in real life, not the fact yes. that you are holding your Canadian liquidity in US dollars. No, the fact that the Canadian housing prices are going up by 100,000 bucks a month is the real the life dollar, proof the dollar that the dollar is losing its purchasing power rapidly.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? Like, it's a global phenomenon. Cool. Like, you just saw the Wall Street Journal put out this article about the Turkish people, the Turks. Uh, they're piling into Bitcoin and Tether uh, to escape the the, the, the plunging lira That's literally the title. And um, so this is this is something that's uh, global. It's happening. It's happening in countries all over the world. And you know, there's one really cool thing about Bitcoin that <clears throat> people uh, like. Some people talk about it, but I, I think people should really. Um, dig into it. Is Bitcoin's value is um, it, it? It gets valued based on on Metcalf's law. It's a network effect yeah. technology, right? So um, just like the telephones, uh, fax or machine, s- social social networks, they get you know the more users, the the value grows exponentially because there's more nodes, there's more connections between those nodes and users, and that's how the value grows. With Bitcoin it's it's more than that it's almost like metcalf's law to the power n where n is like the amount of money you put in right huh. so not only you're just you know the more the more users that come in the network is just going to grow by metcalf's law but for example me me and my family and my business which are just a few people have added millions to the network Right that and so cool. got it. So you're not that just so one cool. node. Yeah. So yeah. we're just a few use a few additions to the network, but we've added more. And and that's how, like that's really powerful. That's something we've never seen before, and uh, it's it's pretty exciting. And and I think people should. We stay, yeah, and we yeah. need to
2: say that because NYDIG just reported a stat today that blew me away. Bitcoin, last year produced more transaction volume than American Express now as an aside Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett own American Express fuck you idiots okay they own American Express American Express is the third largest credit card in the USA by transaction volume Bitcoin did more fourth quarter volume oh yeah and by the way Charlie Munger is the one that famously called Bitcoin rat poison Mm -hmm. well how's that working out for you so far there Charlie in the fourth quarter, Bitcoin produced or tra- um, processed more transaction value than all of the credit cards combined. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay? This is wow. This are, these are wow moments where you look at something and you realize. And then people get nervous because the USA is going to regulate Bitcoin as a matter of national defense. Yeah, of course. Regulation is good, but that doesn't mean they're going to ban it. they're going to ban Bitcoin, that's like banning four credit cards. Mm -hmm. This stuff has repercussions. They're trying to study it, okay? Anyway, I think that uh, the the action in Bitcoin today uh, is positive. Uh, Today's date, today, the reaction with yesterday's announcement that the USA is going to regulate Bitcoin— People understand that, you know, Bitcoin is a payment rail, it's technology, it's network effect, X number of Americans own Bitcoin. It's digital energy. It's, well, thank you. But they don't get that yet. But maybe someday they will. Um, I think that, you know, the thesis here is playing out like Ali and I, I was just trying to think the last time Ali and I, the second to last time, oh, I've only met Ali three times. The first time we met was at his restaurant in London. And there were, what, five guys sitting there in yeah. your restaurant? Five guys, all right? I
0: was supposed to be there. You didn't pick me up.
2: No, dude, that's not true. <laughs> you said you couldn't go, all right? But I did I, I did definitely you did. tell you did. that you we did. had, you, uh, did. you remember we had I that young guy, Quentin Maximovich? You remember the yes. hockey player who's yes. a friend of McDavid, too, right? I yeah. got to get McDavid. Orange pill. Okay, if Connor McDavid came out supporting Bitcoin, Canada would be so all in. It's not funny, right? Yeah. Anyway, so Quentin Maximovich. There was um, Jason Towsley. Yeah, and there and his and his, his, his date. Yeah, his date. Uh, who else was there? Oh, um, uh,
1: Pleb HODL. Uh, yeah,
2: Pleb HODL, Sean. Yeah, Sean. Uh, and then uh, you. That was it. We might okay, so there were five guys. Yeah, and now and, and 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 Bitcoin actually hit an all-time high that night, didn't it? Or something. Yeah, it you was, looked at your phone and it's like, ah, Bitcoin's <laughs> over, I don't even remember. Was it uh, seven thousand or ten thousand, maybe something or somewhere around there? Uh it was below twenty thousand or around no, twenty thousand. Was it I think anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Here's the point. We said that night it was a rounding error, and we'll say on your podcast it's a rounding error still. Yeah, it is now cheaper on metrics that I look at than it's ever been in, his, in its life on a risk-adjusted basis. Okay, Things like volume getting processed by the network are real metrics that if you divide the price by those metrics, you'll see. It makes the price cheaper than it ever has been. And yeah, I just love this stuff because, uh, I, and I'll, I'll, I need to stress to people, I am not 100% in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to be 100% in Bitcoin to participate in the asymmetry of the upside on this trade and sleep at night, because Bitcoin did go from 69,000 back down to 31,000. But when we were sitting with Ali and the five clowns in that restaurant there, we would have said, my God, saying that it came down to 31,000. I mean, this is hilarious. This is hilarious stuff, you know?
1: Timeframes are everything. It is. What do you guys think of
0: this? Sometimes we have some clients of ours and some, you know, Canadians who are looking at different markets and they, they will tell me, Tom, interest rates are about to go up. And Greg, they don't have your knowledge. Allie, they haven't studied, studied Bitcoin. So sometimes I explain to them and I say, hey, listen, Canada is always going to follow the U.S. We do that with our interest rates. Yes. Um, we uh, the, the U.S. debt, when we started f- tracking it in like 2007 or 2008, was like about $9 trillion. It's now just about $30 trillion. Yeah. So I'm going to round some numbers here. But, but, over- but,
2: but, but I need to add, it's $30 trillion funded and another 160 oh, yeah, sure. trillion unfunded, unfunded which is your medicare and medicaid yeah, yeah, yeah. and but don't worry no one's counting on that in the
0: usa <laughs> no, no why would we need to yeah. why would we need to account right. for unfunded liabilities greg right greg smarten up okay? <laughs> smarten up over there greg. thank you listen thank you. listen let's get your get your act together over there but listen if it was 30 trillion over a decade i know i'm rounding curious a little bit more than a decade but it went th- their debt went th- it tripled okay in the last 10 years it tripled if today it's sitting at 30 trillion and depending on where you check that's roughly where it is just under 30 trillion over the next 10 years that means if the tr- historical trend continues it's going to be 90 trillion dollars so then I asked people, I said, in a world where you think the U.S. debt is $90 trillion 10 years from now, what do you think prices of everything around you are going to be when that much new money flushes into the system? Whether it's QE and gets trapped in the markets, whether it's sent out via CERB checks to the population or deposits, right into account, however you want. It. And I know that can fluctuate inflation rates depending on how the money enters the system. But however it enters, if it hits $90 trillion, if it hits $90 trillion, are you guys looking at the tweet that you we just are, put out? We are. Sorry. I can't share it right now. We, I'll bring okay. it up. Break okay. It up. So uh, if it's 90 trillion, what does the world uh, look like? And at $30 trillion, if interest rates go up 1%, 10% of 30 trillion is 3 trillion. Um, so that means 1% of 30 trillion is 300 billion. Greg's not listening, so I, I am. I, I that. am. I, I bro- hope no, it's three hundred no, billion. That means if rates go up one percent, one percent, we're adding three hundred billion dollars in new interest payments to the U.S. deficit because they don't have the money to pay. And Greg, I know this is different than looking. This is a no, math, this isn't no, it's Greg? Exactly ma- it's a different way, way to look knows. at the math. Absolutely so, so then I'm just perfect. like, if they don't have this, if one percent raises it three hundred billion dollars, and you're telling me you think rates are going to go up, if they go up three percent. That's $900 billion or almost a trillion dollars in just interest payments. Unsustainable. So interest rates cannot go up. And the reason I'm sharing that is I think the typical Canadian, I was giving blood the other day, and they announced that the Bank of Canada did not raise rates. And the lady next Let's, to me, nice okay, lady, yeah. she turns to the nurse next to her and says, well, they didn't raise them today, but they're going to raise rates. They have to raise rates. Yeah.
2: No, they don't. And I, I know. And, 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 and guess and what happens? This is
0: where I think everyone's going to be caught off guard. Well, okay,
2: let me tell you why they didn't raise rates. Okay, for people that don't understand. The Federal Reserve called up Canada and said, Don't raise your rates. Do you think that's
0: not how it works? I, I, I know because no, I think it's exactly how The Bank of Canada calls the Fed and says, Hey, what should we do?
2: No, they, they, sure? they I think the, the call the, goes the, the other way. No, yeah, the yeah, call yeah. the call goes the other way and the people at the Fed pick up and say, someone yells, Canada's on line one, yeah. and someone says, Who the fuck All is the Canada? Shut up. No, we don't fucking care. <laughs> Tell Canada to mind their own business. No, seriously. The Fed called the Bank of Canada and moral suasion. You guys shouldn't raise rates yet because we're not going to. Mm-hmm. We're going to pretend we are, but we're
0: not going to. How many people do you think get that information? Look. Central banks probably sit down. A hundred percent they do. Month, they, every coordinate they, down, they, coordinate they coordinate policy. They coordinate policy. They figure out what's yeah. the best uh,
1: But but,
2: but listen to me. This is not about uh, anything wrong going on there. I'm not calling in. I'm just saying, if Bank of Canada had raised rates and the U.S. Fed predicting they're going to raise rates, the Canadian dollar would have rallied, right? Well, that's not good for the Canadian economy because when the Canadian dollar rallies, we become less competitive on a global scale. Our our, our export-based economy. Okay, so do you think the Bank of Canada might have said, well, thank you, Mr. Fed, Uh, I'll take under advisement that you're not going to potentially move as fast as you think you are. We don't want to dig ourselves in a hole. This is how it works, people. Okay, why? Because people that have sat in a risk chair know they would like all available information when making a choice on the most important company called Canada, right? Your country is actually a company. It's just on a macro scale. That's why I'm concerned with our prime minister who says idiot statements like, I don't care about financial policy or monetary policy and the budget will balance itself. I have no problem with Justin Trudeau. Oh, that's not true. But I just don't like his math skills. Mm-hmm. You cannot. If he was the CEO of a company, he would have been fired on the spot, right? So that's my little thing there. And this is what I need. This is funny because so Ali and I just had a little joke because Ali tweeted out a picture of me wearing a Tahini's hat, right? And said, yeah. I just hired Foss, okay, to work at, 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 at Tahini's. And somebody tweets back, I think Foss is going to need a little sensitivity training. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, anyway, I, I so don't we, know what we, your
0: HR department looks like, but you better grow it with Foss in the yeah, house. Uh, <laughs> I promise, I'm it. a good employee. <laughs> that I swear. HR department better have some new processes in place. I'm a
2: I'm
1: a very good employee. I
2: promise you. <laughs> uh,
1: um, so, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. Yeah. So I just wanted to to piggyback on that. You know, it's it's um it, it I don't want to be um negative on, on the future. I always like to, to look on the positive side. And, uh, you know, the scenario that you were explaining, Tom, uh, the most dangerous thing to do is nothing. Uh, so you have to do something. And, you know, I I love this country. Um, Canada gave me everything. And, uh, and I want to, you know, spread a positive message out there is that uh, as Canadians, as a country, our two leading industries are Finance and energy, and I see an opportunity where they both can be plugged in and integrated with Bitcoin, and and I think people aren't you know taking advantage of that yet, uh, but I think it could really turn our country around if we start seeing the opportunities uh, in the energy sector. Uh, Foss is actually uh, doing some amazing work there uh, with uh, Balis Power, Thank and, and they're. Um, you know, converting excess energy into Bitcoin. And the same thing can be happening with the finance industry. You know, the, the, you know at the end, Bitcoin is just a better money and you can build companies and banks and, and institutions on top of Bitcoin and it will grow our GDP, it will grow our productivity and it will give us hope for a better future. We're literally building a new system. And um, and it can work harmoniously with, with our old system. We just gotta go out there and, and build it. And Canada has been has been doing awesome, but you know, we can there's still so much that we could do. So um worst thing you could do is just sit on your ass and do nothing. Uh, we need to go out there and build shit. Beautifully said. And man. and build companies and integrate with with this new uh, leading edge technology and the
2: politicians and and I I guess okay.
0: I care so little about the politics. Greg, I admire no, you. Have you. To. I admire you. Okay. Yeah, because I think no. I, in my life a long time ago I have okay. dismissed them. I'm going to
2: share. I'm going to share something with you. Okay, just to show you guys, I'm not. All right. So there's two politicians that I talk to regularly. We're not going to name increase them. your insurance to. We're LA, not going to name uh, them your HR department and your insurance. <laughs> yeah. So this was uh, from one of them. This was this Tuesday. I just got a call. Yeah. Okay. But the other one that is going to rock the world is Mr. Pierre Poiliev, okay? I do talk to him, thanks to Jeff Booth. And the way Pierre summons me to a, uh, to a call, this happened last Friday night, so one week from today. To, Ali is my, Ali is my uh, verifier here. Yeah. Friday, uh, sorry, Friday, oh, where are we here? Friday, January twenty first, yeah, at seven p.m.
0: Oh, shit. Like, who's yeah. doing
2: anything at seven p.m. on a Friday, right? Yeah. I get a call from Mr. Point, uh, a text from Pierre, free to chat. I'm like, yes, sir. Okay, I'm like pumped. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I was just about that. How <laughs> many pump yeah, yeah, How yeah, many yeah. beers <laughs> were you into when you got and, on? The- no, none. And <laughs> I'm telling my wife, and I was actually pretty proud because uh, my son had his girlfriend over, and she's like, oh, fuck. You know, like, and I'm not telling anything at it. Look, he could have been just calling me to say, you know, how do I fix a flat tire? But, but he did call me and we had a great chat. Very cool. It is very cool because they're thinking about this stuff, mm-hmm. Ali. They are yeah. thinking, I promise you, smart politicians are thinking that's about this. Okay, that's so encouraging. So I want people to have encouragement that there are people out there. And incidentally, if you have not seen Pierre's speech in the uh, House of... Uh, uh, what do they call it? The Houses of Parliament. Mm-hmm. What, the what is money uh, what the, speech? No, the, the one is... Uh, correct, what is money? And, yes. and, and where you understand, he goes, why did they call King Henry Eighth old copper nose? Yeah. Did you know that story?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No. It's amazing. I learned mm. stuff on that. But much like I'm learning stuff sitting here talking to you and, and Ali, the, these are conversations with people that are really doing stuff, okay? See, I don't really do that much stuff in my life. I sit mm. in a room and I try and analyze markets... Whereas you guys are the things that make the data that goes into the markets, right? Integrating real businesses into the Bitcoin economy. Ali does it with his restaurants. I want my pubs in Montreal to do it. Why? Because I'm able to point to Ali that says he believes he's gotten a lift on revenues because of a Bitcoin
0: affiliation. Remember, this is stuff that... Uh, never mind that. The health of his balance sheet is a company. Just having Bitcoin well, on the balance and what it's done well, in the last year. Well, yes and no, year. but understand this. If I can
2: raise, okay, let's talk Western Union. No, sorry, let's talk Visa and MasterCard because we did this already. Uh, talked about Visa and MasterCard here. At my pubs in Montreal, we're pretty good operators. I think we're good operators. We have an EBITDA or free cash flow, pre-tax free cash flow margin of 14%, which means on every dollar we sell in the restaurant, we make fourteen cents after everything's been paid. After okay, it's it's for it's not re, a no for the restaurant business. It's pretty good. Really good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Standard. Okay, yeah. so now listen for a restaurant industry. Well, yeah. for good survivors, right? Because we've been surviving twenty five years. The reality is, lots of guys have horrible margins and they don't survive. So, so look, we have fourteen percent EBITDA margin. If someone pulls out a credit card to pay, it costs us two and a half percent, just because mm. they're paying with credit cards. Yeah. So that fourteen percent margin. Mm -hmm. in theory, has gone down to 11.5%. Okay? Here's the kicker. Guess what EBITDA, excuse me, guess what credit card fees are, merchant fees, in third world countries? 8%. So you're a good restaurant operator in El Salvador and someone pulls out a credit card to pay? Heart attack. Not heart attack. You're just like, get me another payment rail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get me the Bitcoin payment rail. So... I want my clients in Montreal to pay in Bitcoin, even to settle using the payment rail. They don't have to send me Bitcoin. They could send me the transaction
1: on the Bitcoin payment rail, and I've avoided 2.5%. Yeah, I think this is a good segue to, to bring up what um, Jack Mahler's. Yes, it's and, unbelievable. And, uh, Jack from Square or Block is doing. Uh, they're basically building a, um, a, a, on the Bitcoin network they're using it as rails to transfer dollars beautiful so, you get that ton so they're using it as a uh like a payment processing type where they're they're paying dollars from one person to another or to a vendor or to whatever and it's costing nothing really and uh greg
0: we're running a lightning node right here right in front of you okay yeah. i feel i feel <laughs> the energy there you baby. go I there feel you go it. so
1: so you know you could use that um technology and and you know we have yet to have uh this technology in canada yet uh hopefully you know this is an opportunity for for you know a young hungry entrepreneur to to build something like that you know it's just software you can you li- can literally build it and, out it, of exists. His bedroom. and, and all, it exists and we're, we're, you know, we're and, all and we're eager we're all eager yeah you can build this out of your bedroom if you're smart and uh and we all want it we all need it i'm we, trying to
2: get jose lamus from ibex mercado which is yeah. doing the merchant solution in el salvador to do it in my pubs in Montreal, yeah, okay? And if they do it there, and it's all lightning, they can do it anywhere. By the way, I think they're onboarding the city of Miami. That's okay? Amazing. So this is all good stuff, sorry to interrupt, keep going.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's just, it's just I just wanted to, you know, hammer the point that, you know, we could, uh, we could there's so much value that can be created, and um, when I said integrating with, with Bitcoin, and I mentioned the energy sector and the finance sector, we're a restaurant. And we integrated with Bitcoin. We have nothing to do with Bitcoin. And yet we can still integrate with this uh, technology. So it doesn't matter what kind of business you run. Um, there's always a way to integrate with Bitcoin. Uh, and I, we don't take it as payments because of the tax laws uh, on, on, you know, uh, and the accounting nightmare that comes with it. Uh, but plug your balance sheet into it. You know, it's as simple as that. And uh, it's a better system. It's a more honest, integral system. Uh, and we need, we need to do it because, again, doing nothing is going to lead to ruin. I wonder where this takes us. So just to take it a step further, because I'm
0: agreeing with everything that you're saying, but if I was to take it to a step further, now that these rails are getting a little bit easier to use, and you know the example I just shared that how I'm using some USDC for some liquid cash and yeah. stuff? Now that it's in there, I feel that capital can be moved around the world wherever I want it to be rather quickly. And I wonder, in my lifetime, I turned 49 today, Um, In my lifetime, I wonder what happens to nation states or or the financial system in a nation when capital can be moved around. And I know there's going to be regulations and controls and I'm just throwing out ideas like just really brainstorming, throwing shit against the wall. What happens to the to a nation state when so much capital gets sucked into a system that I can then move it around the world wherever I want and maybe extract it in a form of a local currency much easier than I've ever been able to before? what happens to the value or importance or tax base even of a nation state when capital kind of has no borders? Because I feel before it was much harder for me to move around money. And now I'm just curious as to where this leads in my life. And I guess that's coming from my own readings of The Sovereign Individual. I don't know if either of you guys have read that book. And I'm just kind of, you know, it's it's interesting to me. And I know that's way out there possibly, but it's just fascinating to me because now that that money's there... Yeah. I can move that USDC. Well, Bitcoin we know can be moved around, yeah. but I've never really thought about the currency component of my life being able to be moved around so easily as well. Do you guys ever think about that, or, yeah, or is mean, that like, just
1: too too off the deep end? Did that, you know, what did that give you, Tom? It gave you freedom, right? And uh, shout out to Alex Gladstein. But you know, this is freedom go up. This is the result. Freedom go up technology. That's what uh, Bitcoin allows you to do, and. Um, you know, it's just going to open a whole new world of opportunities that I don't even know yet, honestly. Like, I can sit here and talk about all this, but I have no idea <laughs> what are the possibilities here. You know, the sky's the limit. Uh, so it's pretty exciting to just, you know, think that this something has potential that you can even fathom with your own
2: brain. And, and so great answer. Um, look, <coughs> why do you think China is so concerned? It's called capital controls, right? Yeah. They don't want Chinese capital flowing offshore where they can't control it. Okay, very simple there. The other one that you mentioned, which I think is remarkable, is the ability to hold US dollars as a Canadian versus having to go through the banking system. Okay.
0: We've never done that Okay, before.
2: do you know that banks make the lion's share of their profitability on foreign exchange, captive foreign exchange transactions by mom and pop retail? No. Okay, the profitability of that is astronomical. And it's about a 2% spread on zero risk, okay? Meaning, when you have zero risk, because the guy guy is sitting at your counter, okay? And it's not like he says, okay, let me go and get the representative from RBC and see what their rates are. He's captive, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they scalp you and no one understands how FX works, so they're like, ah, oh, I, I guess they did it, uh, you know, because they're good people. No, you always feel like you're getting okay. Scalped. Okay, first of all, try and send an international wire transfer oh, if you haven't done one recently. Oh. It is painful. They make it feel like you're feel- sending their money, not your own. It's disgraceful, but the fee there is, you know, 50 bucks. If you actually backed out what your true fees are on your FX portion of your wire transfer, Oh, it adds up to you send a hundred thousand bucks, you get charged fifty bucks on the wire transfer and probably two thousand dollars on the FX transaction, but you don't realize it because they don't have to report what the competitive rate was yeah. when they're charging you. Right, sitting at that door, it's beautiful for them. Of course, sure. it's beautiful. They're done. They're toast. It's over. See you, banks. You're gonna lose a very important part of your profitability. That's
0: how I feel. So you feel, yeah. Okay, of course.
2: Oh, but don't worry, banks are safe. Why are the banks
0: safe? Because they're too big to fail. My my son, he was nineteen. You know, he has Bitcoin. He's into this space. He looked at me the other day, and not to really make a point, but he was just genuinely inquiring. He's like, Dad, why do I need? Why am I going to go to a bank? Because his <laughs> whole life. No, really, but his whole life is digital at this point. Yeah, but to yeah. get a you no, know, no, no, and, and, and a that's what he. And, and that's get, actually you know, what we concluded. We're like, hey, to get a mortgage, mm-hmm. you're going to still. But even some of that's changing a, a little bit. I, oh, want, I, I, I wonder if um, I wonder if over the next few years, the you know in Canada, it's like the, I'll use the Shake Pays of the world or some of these companies of the world as they build on their credit card offerings and their other offerings. These to me are going to be the new banks, and I wonder if like a big bank in Canada just pays a, a huge multiple. Of course, they did for one of the, this is what's going to happen because it's gonna how they're, how they're going to save of their. Of course, ass. They, they
2: can they can build it or they can buy it.
0: Yeah, so they're just going to buy these yeah, guys. They're going
2: to buy it. But they're going to do it after Mm -hmm. the pain is just too much. What should they have been doing? They should have been building it themselves the whole time. But the CEO, who's a knucklehead because he's like 65 years old and doesn't understand technology, oh, Bitcoin's got to be bad. So no, we're not going to invest any money in building our own Bitcoin uh, infrastructure. Okay. When he retires, the new young guy who's going to make a splash goes out and buys ShakePay. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Or ShakePay will buy one of the banks.
2: That's not going to happen quite yet. Although, congrats, John, yeah, uh, yeah. from us in Canada here. <laughs> that would uh, be big.
0: That would be big. Well, be, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, have I mean, Neidig.
2: The, have Neidig. the news Neidig. of the exchange
1: that bought the, the German bank? Um, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, BitMEX. Uh,
2: that's uh, uh, Genia's company. Uh, so Genia, Mikhailchenko, who I yeah. used to work with uh, at 3iQ. I can't say I worked there, but I invested in 3iQ. Genia's company Bitmax bought a German bank, a hundred year old German wow. bank. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so Greg, then you just said that about the foreign exchange. Is there anything else in the financial system that seems like an obvious revenue thing that they're they could potentially be losing out on over the next few years? Well,
2: okay. Let's talk about Western Union. Okay. Okay, so remittance they're fees. They're done. Western foreign, Union. So see foreign ya.
0: exchange at the local banks, remittance fees. Correct. Anything else come to mind or those those are huge ones, but I'm just curious.
2: Um, so I've, I've said all along, you know, this whole foreign exchange, excuse me, the, the whole fixed income group. Oh, okay. Bonds mm-hmm. have in every single bank has an incredibly large fixed income trading team. All right. That's going to become more and more competitive, less and less attractive as people don't want to own bonds anymore. So all of these people are going to get done. If you're a bond trader right now, I suggest you look for work at Tahini's. Okay. Why? Because you're going to make more money over time at Tahini's than you're going to make as a bond trader, okay? The truth is you just got to see how this is unfolding. And, you know, I don't want it to happen. Well, actually, I sort of want that to happen, but I don't want all these things to fail. They're going to, but we just have to control the process. Because if one of Canada's big banks truly gets in trouble, Canada, the country, will stand behind it but that just makes Canada, the country, a weaker credit as well. So it accelerates the Canadian demise. Right? So, like, I, I say these things because we need insurance on them, but it's not like I'm out there ambulance chasing. I don't want this to happen. Uh, and we,
0: any changes in the CDS uh, space that you're noticing right now? Absolutely. And,
2: and what is that? Investment grade, high yield, and therefore all sovereign debt, which is all correlated, is moving wider. I said, the credit markets are gurgling. And the reason this time they're moving wider, though, is that the equity markets are very nervous. Because the equity markets have been inflated to a level by Jerome Powell that's unsustainable. And as I said to you before, the equity markets are nervous, so some of the equity guys are hedging using credit. And what do
0: you mean when you say wider? Sorry, uh, when the CDS spreads
2: are well, okay, wider, okay, so, uh, wider means they're inc- increasing. increasing and when yeah. they're increasing, they're becoming more risky and therefore insurance prices are increasing.
0: If they don't raise rates in March, and Don't talk
2: rates. We're only talking credit spreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rates are set, they are an administered. CDS is a, a purely free open free market.
0: Um Ali uh, Tahini's just to switch it up a little bit here. Where are you guys at with the number of I don't know stores, franchises? Where where are you at, and and what what are some of the plans? What can you share with us? Yes. When are you going? And talk about when you're going international. I know you have a lot to do in Canada, but I mean, there's so many people. I've never met somebody who has a, a restaurant chain with so many uh, so many people wanting wanting it in another country. But what what's, what are the plans? Yeah. Where are you at? Where are you going? What are the plans?
1: So uh, we've been growing at Tahini's. We've been uh, grinding and. Uh, we're at right now nine locations uh the grand opening of the ninth location in scarborough is going to be this sunday oh wow and um tom's yeah. birthday we could yeah. celebrate today tom's no, no my birthday I, I know i know well, yeah, okay oh, well okay, quit okay, pushing got it, it, got it too much all right you <laughs> 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 no but uh <clears throat> it's it's an exciting time um we uh, we're continuing to open locations we're we're Uh, Targeting twenty five locations by the end of this year, and uh, it's it's gonna be yeah, dude, that's amazing. It's gonna be a busy year. Uh, We've got the support of Canadians, of um, uh, and of the Bitcoin community, of of the our TikTok community, and our you know like. uh, Do you know how big he is on TikTok? No, how many how many followers do you have on TikTok? Tell please tell Greg. Uh, I don't know. I think we're at like three hundred and sixty thousand. <laughs> 360,000 <is> so cool. <laughs> on TikTok. I wow. thought he had a
0: big following on Twitter. Okay. And then why? So nine right now or by Sunday, yeah. 25 possibly fingers crossed by the end of the year. Yeah. And then you'll kind of see where it goes from, uh, from there. You and your brother, I don't know if you've met Omar, Greg, I have not. this is a powerful team. They compliment each other very, very nicely. Like just seeing you guys speak, they were gracious enough to speak at something we did for some clients, just like you did, Greg. And uh, they just hit it out of the park and uh, you guys are just a perfect marriage. I feel like he looks over the numbers really well. Not that you don't, but why do you uh, um, spend so much of your time on the marketing? Like You're very good at it. Um, Like What's going through your head? Is it like, we have to do this or you like doing it? Where's that coming from as a business owner?
1: Yeah, I mean, like <clears throat> I realized early on that you know there's there's so many so much competition in the restaurant industry, and if you don't uh, stand your business and your company out in some sort of different, uh, unique way, um, you're gonna struggle. And I didn't want to be struggling because we did go through a lot of struggles over the years, and um, and so I decided to when we grew to a certain point, I. Um, I was in operating, like I was, you know, managing restaurants, I was uh, working in the restaurants before that, but we grew to a point where I realized that I have to focus on that, and I have to um, grow our brand to uh, all these new platforms that are that are coming out, like TikTok, and <clears throat> I have to learn how to do TikToks, and how to be funny on TikTok, and, and stuff like that, so uh, it's pretty cool, and uh, Twitter was just a spontaneous thing, and it was all because of Bitcoin. And I never expected for uh, uh, for us to have a following on Twitter. I just wanted to announce. <clears throat> sorry, I just wanted to announce what we did, and uh, to my surprise, uh, the amount of support we got on Twitter was just amazing. Like that community. It's it's a great community, and fun. you do a great job. <laughs> he does, he's a, great job. He's, he's, does he's, a great job. Come on, he's absolutely it's my favorite.
2: So
0: so, yeah. so something I wanted to ask you is just that. I know a bit about your story, but you're so good on Twitter. And I mentioned this before we started recording that it must come from a place inside you. That's not just about you having fun on Twitter. Like you take this stuff really seriously. Like, why do you think that is? Because of your experience in Egypt? What, what is, where is this coming from?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, in 2000, and so we left Egypt in 2011 and 12. And, um, you know, my family built uh, a lot of wealth in Egypt. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm just... Take your literal. time. Take, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2016, I believe, um, there was an event that happened uh, where it's called the, the floating of the Egyptian pound where um, Egypt wanted to get a $12 billion loan from the IMF. And one of the requirements um, was to uh, float the pound, the Egyptian pound. And what that resulted in was a 50% uh, drawdown against the U.S. dollar in like two months, right? <laughs> it was literally two months uh, we saw it drop by 50%. We were close to 50%. Uh, so that had a huge impact on on our trust and, and why we take this seriously is because um you know governments can can make decisions that you know they they don't give a shit about you. That's the reality like you know a lot of people act in good faith uh but sometimes you'll you know you'll be faced in situations um where you'll realize that you know you're on you're on your own it's it's a it's a free for all out mm-hmm. there and uh and we want to we think and we believe bitcoin is a way to to protect people against that. And that's why we're really, uh, we speak out about this a lot. And, and because we think we have a responsibility, um, to our customers, to our audience, to our, the way we talk on social media is to bring this to the table and say, Hey, you know, this, this is happening, you know, we care about you. And that's why we're saying this. We have, uh, that's our motive behind all this. And, um. Uh, And that's why the reason when you ask like the the why question, um, that's why we don't want people to go through a 50 percent like that was brutal on my on my parents. Um, They luckily they had a lot of real estate, but they also had a lot of money in the bank and that just got cut in half and my father was just about to retire. Wow. Uh, he said, well, I guess I'm not going to retire now. He went back because he was working in, in Saudi Arabia. He had to go back to Saudi Arabia, work for an extra five years in order to retire. Mm-hmm. He retired by the time he's like 72, right? And so <clears throat> this, this stuff is serious.
2: And, so, like. and, and that was beautiful, right? And, and so what we don't get in Canada, and I will say that it's even worse in the United States, You don't hear these stories because this has never happened, all right? But the reality, there's 180 fiat currencies in the world, and it happens on a regular basis to 150 of them, okay? 160 even. Now it's starting to happen to G20 countries. Yeah. And it would have happened to Italy and France as G7 countries, except the ECB, European Central Bank, stepped in to protect them, okay? It was happening in 2012, and... Uh, what's his name? I can't remember what the European Central Bank guy's name at the time was, but he goes, "We will do whatever it takes to." Yeah.
0: I think that was Mario Draghi. Draghi, good, yeah.
2: good, 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 good memory. So, look, that's experience, real time experience. Okay, the world has been basically sent to their basements and not allowed to talk about problems that happen in the world. Thank goodness for social media. Thank goodness for Ali mm-hmm. getting yeah, out doing, there. Because he's speaking to and, a- and, and here's the truth. And I wanted to, you know, we're probably winding up. It's been a couple of, uh, you know, 60 minutes, 70 minutes we've been talking. We haven't brought up the freedom truckers in Canada. And I wanted to give a shout out to those guys, okay? If you haven't seen the energy of people lining the highways of Canada. Now, this is not about the vaccine, people. I'm not talking whether I'm pro or anti-vax. I am doubly vaxxed. My family is doubly vaxxed. I'm it's not about everybody waving the flags. I am, and- I'm a proud Canadian where Canadians have basically said enough, okay? Mr. Trudeau, I know you were trying to help us and protect us, but now you are overstepping. It's overreach now, okay? Yeah. Quebec is not going to open up until all the hospitals are not at risk of getting overrun. Well, that's where my eight pubs are, are, are located. I'm not happy about this. And to be honest, the Medicare system in Quebec has been garbage for a long time, and this is just trying to protect a garbage system Mm -hmm. in Quebec. Is it worse than
0: Ontario? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, but here's the problem. People are saying enough, not... 'Cause we are selfish, right? Our generation, very self well, not Ali's generation, but happy birthday, you selfish boomer <laughs> fuck, okay? Because I don't think I'm a you know, boomer. Well, it You're doesn't matter. Boomer. I'm calling I'm calling boomer. you,
0: okay? I don't think I'm a and boomer and I'm You're embarrassed for Z, I am I didn't embarrassed. Bring up my birthday. Again, you brought up my I birthday.
2: Am, I'm embarrassed for my treatment <laughs> of our children. Okay. We are selfish. Time to think about the kids, people. Enough of this stuff about staying in your basement to protect people that are gonna die in another three years anyway. Look, that's a horrible thing, and I don't want people dying. But start thinking about the repercussions of closing an entire economy. Yeah. Okay? This is about freedom and paying the bills and not pulling forward uh, future benefits at the expense of our children. I I
0: agree. Seeing the movement and everybody uniting around it or everyone who is uniting around it, I love the idea that we can have everyone speak their mind in this country. Uh, Greg, if you were prime minister or advising a prime minister right Mm now— What would be one of the first steps Canada could do? We could start just putting putting Bitcoin on our balance sheet?
2: Uh, We could do that, or we could use our natural resources to mine Bitcoin behind the meter, which means not relying on any utility-generated electricity, because the people need that utility-generated electricity. Okay, so an example of
0: that would be what?
2: Validus power.
0: Okay, because the energy source is what for people who don't know? Natural gas. Natural gas in areas that... um,
2: North Bay, Ontario, for example. That have not been tapped or used. No, we we are... X kilometers from the TransCanada pipeline with this big, beautiful pipe of energy.
0: So as a country, we can mine Bitcoin, put it on our balance sheet as a start? Like, is that something we could start to do? We could
2: embrace it, and you could get Energy Patch to use their wasted or stranded energy resources that are otherwise being... Not utilized. Yeah, they're being wasted. Wasted. Thank yeah, you, They're Ali. being wasted. We can we can just incentivize those. Uh, this is the biggest opportunity of Canada's entire can incentivize history.
0: We can incentivize those people to mine Bitcoin and yes. get a portion well, of that so on what Canada's does, balance. What is the they thing? get
2: to keep a portion. No, no, just get them to do it, whether Canada buys it or not. But what has Justin Trudeau successfully done? Alienated an entire industry of fossil fuels from the great provinces of Alberta, etc. Okay? Okay. It's just not yeah, no, good economic it. or CEO actions of a country. And everyone will yeah. say it's not It's not uh, environmentally friendly. I promise you I can show the process where this is actually beneficial to the environment versus other
0: processes that aren't. Sure. If you look into it just a little bit, of course. You're gonna if you're to an engineer. Go, Five yeah. years from now, what do you think? Will we have some on our balance sheet in this country? Five years from today, will we have any pricing of... Of energy and Bitcoin in Canada, or any Bitcoin on Canada's balance sheet.
2: Canada doesn't
0: matter, Uh, or (laughs) Canada—they don't—in terms of pricing of energy. (laughs) No, no, forget pricing. Then on our
2: balance sheet, five years from today. If I can talk to enough politicians and influence, I talk to forty-five members of Parliament. uh, I still converse with some of them, as I mentioned. Don't you think when I'm talking to them that I'm trying to, you know, steer them in a given direction? That yeah, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. What
0: are the odds five years from today? I'm trying to ask. Uh, for, I'm trying to ask for some information in a roundabout greater,
2: way. Greater? know this is a lame answer. Greater than zero? No, I would say it's thirty-five percent. Yeah, it's not zero. It's not hundred, which would be awesome, but it's you know, it's one third. Okay, one out of three chance.
1: I just go ahead. I have a message for uh, Justin Trudeau and the finance minister and the finance committee and and the Bank of Canada. Uh, Number one, borrow $10 billion from the Central Bank of Canada and buy Bitcoin with it. Number two, incentivize Bitcoin mining by using all this wasted excess energy all over the country and which is renewable, most of it's renewable, by the way. Uh, instead of selling it to or letting go to waste, or selling it for three, two to three cents a kilowatt hour to the U.S., uh, sell it to the Bitcoin network for thirty to forty cents a kilowatt hour and make some money. Be productive. Uh, uh make, you know, give give uh, regulatory clarity so that beautiful uh f- financial companies uh, and the finance industry here in Canada. Uh, can can have a clear uh, roadmap on what they can and cannot do. Uh, make it clear for them to attract companies from all around the world. This is a this is a true this is a two trillion dollar you know market and asset class. You know you want we want to attract uh, companies here. And the last thing I'll tell them, uh, make Bitcoin legal tender. You know you saw uh, what happened with El Salvador and how that is benefiting their their country. Uh, there's no reason we we should have only one legal tender, uh, here in Canada. Uh, pick Bitcoin. It's it's a it's a non-sovereign, uh, you know, asset class, non-sovereign money. Uh, and let's just read your let's just read your T-shirt, okay? Because yeah. this is beautiful.
2: Tahini's Bitcoin standard, which Ali is wearing right now, a T-shirt, self-sovereign money, third thermodynamically sound. This is Michael Saleh. That's
0: the second point. This is yeah. amazing.
2: <laughs> this is first right first of all, uh, thermodynamically sound is as it, 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 oh, stay there. Yeah, I gotta read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a as a uh, as a uh, engineer, I love that sale uh, saleable and portable, durable and divisible, verifiable, borderless, loving community, funniest memes. Conclusion: We're drowning in fiat. Bitcoin is an arc. All in. I love this T-shirt. This, I would love to get. Can I get 50 of those? And I, I promise I'll pay for them. No, I need to buy them, and I need to be able to distribute Thank them you, at Miami. In Miami. Oh, In Miami. So if, if, if anybody
1: wants uh, the hats or, or the shirts, uh, we do sell them on our website, tahinis.com. Um, is
2: that right? Okay. Yeah, cool. it's not
1: I'm not doing this with uh, not no, driving like, it's advertising uh, <laughs> revenue it's advertising. or Greg, You like don't that. know this. I have people but asking
0: me that no Ali's coming here today ask me that's why there's so many hats sitting on the table awesome. here. Yeah. Are, oh, I got are mine. Are we're yeah. going to take a video, <laughs> we're going to take a uh, photo <laughs> and post it, right? So tahini's what's the website tahinis.com tahinis.com. <laughs> tahini's. yeah. We'll put yeah. it in the show notes okay. as well. I listen, I just need to thank you guys. Greg, I didn't know you, uh, you know, I feel like I've known you for a lot longer than however long it's been. Yeah, yeah. Right? So thank you for everything that you're doing and sharing for the community. And I think sometimes things that are really common sense to you are maybe not common sense to so many of us. So I appreciate you no, taking the time t- to. No, it's my pleasure. And I, I, guess I, I guess I
2: take that for granted. And I'll tell you, I get, like, I get so many people reaching out and thanking me. Um, my, my main social media platform is, is Twitter. Uh, and by the way, my daughter actually thinks I'm pretty cool. Because I actually have a (laughs) substantial number of followers. And not that I measure my success by that. What I measure my success by are people who reach out and say the same thing, Tom. So thank you for saying it. Honestly, I get uh, – the best ones I get are I've learned more from you than I did at four years of university and stuff like that. And it is because, you know – but by the way, I will admit, I came out of school knowing zero. I really did. I came out – and i not disrespecting the value of an education out there, people, but please understand when you graduate from university, you know very little and about and so, real So true. something
0: on that point, I think my own understanding of the economy and market has really been... I, I, I,
2: I need to add something. And if you teach at a university, you still know very little, okay? So <laughs> fuck you, Steve Hanke, you piece of... Proof of stake, okay? You proof of stake. Steve Hankey is a word, proof what,
0: of stake. You steak. say the word fuck, but then you stop when you're gonna say shit. You know what I mean? It's kinda like,
1: it's kinda like fuck you piece of, I can't say shit, I can't say shit.
0: But, um, but uh, you know, the article that you put out on in Bitcoin Magazine, and the one that you have hosted off our website, I made a shorter URL, if it's just at Fossexplains.com, but that article that you put together, it's, a, it's basically a book, I learned more about the bond market and you know, convexity thank and duration you. and convexity in these terms that I never used to use before, how the bond market with interest rates might go up one percent, mm-hmm. the bonds might come down eight percent, depends on the duration, all the convexity, wow. yeah, all these that's things. Amazing. So, like it's it, thank you for sharing everything that you're sharing. Yeah. And Ali, the way that you articulate the Bitcoin message is very different than Greg. And you're resonating with a whole bunch of us out there. So thank you for the way you communicate, the way you meme, the way you joke around, <laughs> the way you get Michael Saylor on board with you. Oh, no, yeah. this is all meaningful stuff, and I think when I see my son and the way he resonates with some of the stuff that you put out there, It makes me, as his father, happy because you're reaching a whole other audience that maybe would never get into this stuff. And you're kind of making it cool. You're making it fun. You're being lighthearted about it, even though it is a very serious topic. So, really, thank you for everything you're doing. We are proud supporters of Tahini's. And whenever that franchise opens in Oakville, you tell them Ah. there are some crazy people here that we are going to be catering every once in a while here at Rockstar from Tahini's. And when we walk in the doors, we're going to be screaming, Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that. Where's Ali? Tell Ali we say Ah. hi. So, warn them (laughs) that they. There's some crazy people out here because you know Absolutely. Greg's gonna be walking
2: in the door too. Yeah, but <laughs> let's let's also thank Tom for what he's done. right? Yeah, like that's your platform, what I, you gave me my, uh, you actually gave me my launch, um, and gave me the, the the confidence that people actually wanted to hear what I had to say. So I'm thanking you. I thank Ali for what he's done, and then I also again look, we're Canadians, all right. We are actually a pretty solid bunch of people, and I just want to say again that I am not always right. But I am vocal, and that's what freedom allows you to be. You can, you can speak your mind and get your point across. I believe Bitcoin to be the most beautiful technology and asymmetric trade opportunity I have ever seen. I want people to participate. I want to change the generational wealth of people that have otherwise no way of doing it, Ali. There are so many people out there that are so pooched because of the fiat system. And Bitcoin gives them that uh, option or opportunity to participate. So we're going to change the world, guys. Uh, Name one NASDAQ stock that is actually going to change the world. I can't. Apple's good. It's changing the world, but it isn't going to do it like
0: Bitcoin is, okay? So Greg on Twitter is at Foss, Greg Foss ali on i guess i'll give your twitter we'll put out everything in the show notes but your twitter handle what's your twitter handle yeah
1: it's at the real tahinis and uh, i just want to say something to, to close off uh tom i just want to thank you for having us on the show and and for wearing the tahini's hat like hat. you know joining joining the meme Dude, i'm proud i'm to be wearing this in miami man i'm proud <laughs> <laughs> uh but really thank you you're you're awesome uh your show is awesome i've been listening to you for for a long time and uh Uh, thank you for helping spread this message to Canadian. Uh, I love being positive and, and I think these are the right conversations that we need to have. And, uh, we're changing, like Greg said, we're changing the world, you know, uh, one mind at a time, one company at a time. So let's get after it. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. And happy birthday.
0: Oh yes. Yes. (laughs) Cheers to that. Hey everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Greg Foss and Ali from Tahini's love these guys. Foss's Twitter handle, if you want to check him out, is at FossGregFoss on Twitter. And Ali is, Tahini's.com is the website. And Ali's Twitter handle is at TheRealTahinis. They'll be in the show notes um, if you need to find those of this particular episode. But it's Tahini's.com. And his Twitter handle, just spelling Tahini's out for myself, Tahini's.com, T-A-H-I-N-I-S.com, Tahini's.com. And the uh, his Twitter handle is at the real tahinis. And if you are listening to this and you want to check out some real estate information, you don't know where to start because it is a big, crazy subject. You can visit our website for free copies of different reports we put on, put out, f- different free copies of the books that we have. Videos can come to our next class. You can get access to our weekly video. Everything you can imagine is on that website. And the website is rockstarinnercircle.com. That is rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.